Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. I promised you even more talent from Neil Hilborn's writing circle and uh, the chaos that has certainly ensued. So today I bring to you Miles. How are you today? I'm doing good, doing good. How are you? Doing well. I had to resist the urge to make a play on your name like you were doing the first couple weeks of circle. Um, so I'm very proud of myself. Thank you. Uh, but glad that you're here. Very, very glad. Can you tell me a little bit about how you found uh, Neil's writing circle? I feel like that's the best question to start off with. Oh, wow. I would have to say, so it started off with, so the, the members, Larry, Nicole, and Sawyer, we're also part of another workshop called Undercurrent. Mm -hmm. And from there, we also had, we had a small group of where we just worked on each other's poems. And they've all mentioned how Neil's workshop was a good community, a good workshop, a good place to build on your craft. And I was like, you know what? I was ready for a new setting. Not to say that Undercurrent was not a great place. I am thankful for Undercurrent. I am blessed to have teachings of Desiree Logic Como and um everyone who was I've been in the space with, I've learned a lot to be I learned a lot about myself in terms of be in terms of being tender mm -hmm. um and learn learning how to be more of myself and within myself. Um especially during this past year. Um, but it was just time for a change and so with that in mind I decided to say you know what we just go in to join um Neo Circle and I believe it was a February it was around February and okay. I remember it was just a a um, large bunch of people that I may have never met before and 
I think like I spoke in, I think I did my first piece, um, I think in the second round, round. Mm -hmm. and I think during Neil's like break or so, there was just like a flood of comments of just like people just <laughs> mentioning my voice. Mm -hmm. I, just, I remember that. And I was just like, I remember just like, oh no, people compliment. Oh no, people complimenting. They're just high behind these covers. I can't ha handle this. No. <laughs> it will be nice. No. <laughs> it's um really funny. I I would not have pegged you for undercurrent. Um, which is not a bad thing. I just wouldn't have guessed that you experienced that. Um, undercurrent is amazing. Uh, like you said, it's it's got a time and a place. Um, and I love that that was that was kind of what led you here. Um, definitely a different feel, though, right? Definitely a different feel. Like um. um from undercurrent to Neil's circle? I would say that there's, there was definitely a, a structure. Definitely structure is the best way to describe it. Um, I can see that. In terms of the way that undercurrent builds on a pattern of all right, we're going to read this poem, discuss, and then go build on a topic and build our prompt. Mm -hmm. While with Neil, we'll have that while also having a seasoning of chaos here mm -hmm. and there. Mm -hmm. while also having a sense of a other side chatter as well. Also, I think also what I kind of wish also in other, and also other like workshop, workshop communities is other commentary by other individuals. So people putting on their mics and giving their opinions. Yeah. And while it's cool to hear that, while it's cool to see that in like ch the chat, to actually hear that and actually like see the actual person, it brought more to real life. It brought more to, it brought more visually to say the least. Um, but again, time constraints and such, but um, understand, understanding that. But um, definitely- I agree with you for sure. I definitely say that I, I definitely learned, it's definitely been, I definitely, I definitely wrote a lot from, Neil's prompts for sure like is the it was definitely Neil's prompts have been like very different to say mm -hmm. the least um for instance the I would say the, the most weirdest one that I did that I thoroughly enjoyed was talking about the bloop 
Huh? Yes. <laughs> I got made fun of so much for that uh, night because I was on my my typewriter. And really? Yeah, because the sound, for some reason, the two are acquainted to me. Um, and then I got the actual prompt because I don't like to read the, the document before the class starts. Got the actual prompt and I went, yes, yes. Yes, I probably <laughs> sat there for hours that night writing on my typewriter about the bloop. Yes, and I guess this is also just because my mind like works in tandem with just randomness or so. So like, it'll it'll just not like go for just a certain topic. It'll just like go. It would just it just won't go for like a it's go for like a alignment of like certain topics um mm -hmm. is more of a sporadicness of a sense um or relate relatableness of mm -hmm. the topic so like in terms of like the bloop I was like all right what can what does the sound remind me of or or connect me to of and i just like all right i'm about to write about my dad and i just like <laughs> and like it was just like i remember like showing it to neil and i was just like yo fuck you dude how are you yep. gonna make me feel bad about like yeah feel bad and like i made this made this thing prompt about a bloop sound and you made me feel bad, bad things. And I just like. <laughs> and so many people do so well with his prompts, I think, because there's there's an idea, but there's not a box. Exactly. Like, you can run with it. Like, um, I forget if this would have been when you were there or not, but there was a night that we did poems all about interesting scientific facts. And he gave us a list of facts to choose from. Um, but you could write anything you wanted about, you know, your fact or your, your whatever. And um, so many people like mentioned the fact or had the fact as the title, but it was all about like their, their family or their mm -hmm. growing up or these things that had nothing to do with the fact. And it was incredible, but it was also like, how did you come up with that? How, how did this prompt lead you there? Exactly. Um, yeah, no, like, it reminds me of um, when you mentioned the box, there's a, there was something I learned in college um, in terms of just critical thinking that whenever you're planning for, to make a decision, try to think without a box, um, try to think without limits, try to think without having restrictions on both yourself and the sur surroundings around you. So think of uh, the possibilities to be, um, so, so that's what like came up to my head when you said that. I love that. I love that I'm, I'm not alone in, in thinking that, but I don't think I've ever necessarily heard someone else say it quite as well as you did. So I appreciate that. <laughs> so I have one more question for you and then we'll pause for today's sponsors and, and friends and all that jazz. 
Um, are you ready for this question? Yes. Uh, considering you've had your fair share of workshops, what is the most iconic prompt that's been thrown at you or the one that you, you keep going back to? This is, that's a good one. That's a really, really good one. There's a workshop that Edwin Bodney did during the um I would say during the middle of the pandemic where they were the th basically theme and there's not like an actual prompt prompt but the theme of the actual workshop was the like real kicker to say at least aware this was the wind that set set me on the sail i guess um oh okay but it was a workshop that focused on closeness and it was it was one that focused on it was it touches touches on like describe like some of the topics was describe these objects about using these certain certain adjectives or so Ooh, okay um another one is describes this these parts of a house and these are the the how the kitchen represents this the living room represents this mentality um and throughout it we would have discussions and edwin would also provide you a prompt and you you will be dumbfounded but it will be a prompt that you need to hear at at the time or so aware of where you need of where it um of where it led to me of where i guess this is where i'm like building on my writing process of where i i guess i asked myself more of the questions um, more of the questions on certain topics. So in delving into certain like topics like, for example, say if I was gonna go talk about an incident I was dealing with at, at work, I would then have to deal with asking myself all right what actually happened what built what actually built on my reaction what built on these other people's reactions 
what could have been, what could have happened, what should have happened, and what actually happened. And I will, um, I will ask myself the que these questions and throughout, throughout that process. I may not like write the draft as quickly or as suddenly when I get the topic at hand, but as soon as I think about it more and definitely have that conversation with myself at least, I definitely have seen a more quality work in myself. So, so um, not to say, if there has to be a prompt, I would have to say, if you can take a situation and in, those situ in that situation, ask yourself what actually happened and take all the nuances of it, then write the piece. And um, I love that advice. And I, um, I just remember it also touches upon something that I've learned from Desiree's workshop of where tell the whole truth. And if you, if you love someone, you would tell the whole truth. Um, and I may be paraphrasing that. Um, but um, but it's mostly you go you want to tell the whole truth if you want if you if you truly do love that person you want to tell the whole truth about that person. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that those are some amazing perspectives to approach writing and some great questions to ask yourself or to sometimes even ask your piece. Definitely. We'll be right back with more conversation. We're just gonna make space for our ads. Stop frantically searching the internet. We're here to talk about my noise too. The new book from Ash Raymond James. It is like a takeoff in space, all about his life. It is going to inspire you. It's going to make your heart and your mind like fall in love again. It's going to redefine gravity. It's my noise too. Get up and start dancing. It's time. It's mind noise too. Alrighty, so as we come back to the episode, of course I have to put Miles on the spot and ask if he'd like to read anything to our audience, okay? We'd love to. Excellent, and I think we talked about one or two poems? Yes, I got two. Fantastic. Um, actually, this first poem actually has like, a po it's a poem with two parts, so it's, it's like <laughs> one, one poem, but put one A, one B. So like <laughs> that works. All right. So yeah. Um, it's called Ars Poetica, but it's just my voice in two parts. 
I've practiced my hand in persona so much that I've made cartography when the mask I've painted tells a version of myself that I'm still discovering. They say imitation is the best form of flattery, but it's never expected when exposing the heart in front of individuals who may never understand the practice that was done to be here. I want you to hear and allow myself to hear the echo back. If you hear the re this resonance, expected illusions of grandeur, the prize was finding my self-worth, getting my money's worth through the time you spent reading and dissecting who I really am. Yeah. When the first misunderstanding happened, they believed I was a different person believed I was a smooth talker, a father, a man who could play the role of God. I played the role of a God that didn't believe. The second misunderstanding was a doubt spoken lie. Thought gift was sent as a curse. Had to rewrite a curse into a cursive, a wine cork my tongue danced with. The tongue learned how to be clear but tasted robotic when spoken out loud. Third misunderstanding, be a tin man. My voice losing all of his heart, gentrify the throat for the audience who wish for more concrete resonance. You can tell by how the pitch lifted like a son who didn't want to do their job. So for now, I decided to submit myself in my words tell the truth between the cracks, left it bare in a voice that just wanted to speak after so much silence. I loved that imitation line for sure. Um, I think that was a really incredible line. And I like how you walk us through the first misunderstanding, the second and the third. Very, very, very well done. Thank you. Yeah, those, that poem, it's funny how like I crafted that poem because when, usually when I'd like <laughs> write my poems is usually not in like seriousness, but it gets serious. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. Or like I will find ways to get seriousness out of it. Um, so there's these type of videos on YouTube called blank, but it's just my voice of where a person will sing like acapella versions of so songs, but like it'll come out great. Okay. And I learned about Ars Poetica. Um, and at the time of writing the piece, I've been dealing with people both understanding my writing both in a concrete way and not in a was what, what is this on the page type of way. Um, that's what that first part is. Um, 
that was me just trying to just have this part of where, hey, I'm gonna write this poem. You're gonna feel how you feel, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna like have. I'm gonna have the feel. I'm gonna have my own feelings about it, or so. I think that's the only way to approach poetry, though. Like, you can't control how people are gonna feel, and if you put too much thought into that, it ruins the poem, and vice versa, and it's just a big mess. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the second part is where I actually talk about my own voice, um, of where. I think I was, I got, I was 13 when I got this voice. So like, and when I was doing, getting into poetry, um, it was through spoken word and I had trouble with enunciating my words. Um, it was a speech impediment of where I would mumble my words and, and people could not understand what I was saying. Um, I've been there. I, I completely understand. And like one of the fixes was like using a wine wine cork, which was the reference in the poem. Um, but in doing that, I lost a opportunity through two heart by enunciating too hard and becoming sounding robotic and losing the emotion of myself. And from there, I realized I had to just submit myself and allow myself to just be, be, free, be free of any, pipe, any people's thoughts and and considerations in terms of how I speak or so in in terms of how they see 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 me and like if they if they need me to repeat I'll repeat it louder for them hi um not quite to the same degree but I was in speech therapy for two or three years when I was really young um and I remember Same. every time they would teach me one thing my entire speech would change and then there were other problems and it was so frustrating for the people who were my therapists because I would take what they said so to heart that then like I said my whole dialect would change or my whole you know patterns would change and they basically have to start all over again Definitely. And like, I also went through the same thing as well, too. And I remember do going through that. But um, as I age, I like lost that. And I remember um, as I got, got started doing performing and such, I remember dealing with I would say nervousness, or I guess the nerves, um, to say the least, I would say. Um, 
it definitely became more muddier from there. Um, and it just would, it would just be more of a hassle to just, um, just like maneuver around with my, maneuver around with my tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that considering that was part of your journey in not only using your voice, but your poetry, your creativity, things like that, that that poem really did a great job discussing it and bringing it to light and, and almost advocating for others who may have a similar similar stuff in their journey. Definitely. And there was another poem you wanted to share too, right? Yes. Excellent. All right, this is called Bevel Blade. I traveled 20 minutes for my guy, Eric, to dap me up the same way a family reunion gets crafted from not seeing someone in a long time. He welcomes me to his humble abode, a barbershop chair, and starts to canvas the land of curls that have rooted from a home of unself care. He jokingly states, you're going through it, huh? Not knowing that my hair absorbs the lack of light as I put the covers over my head to speak solitude to any negative thought that crafts out of my mouth. I just gasp with the reply of, yeah, it's been some days. Not knowing it's been three months since I've seen Eric, believing I am surviving off the goodness in my hair. Although it gets the same attention my child self was given. Eric takes a sweet time singing to the buzzing of his clippers to make a performance of sculpting my hair. And as the last note hit, I see an introduction of myself again and realize I can find more reasons to learn how to love this person again. I love that. I think that was something that we do every day and yet or not every day but like something we do all the time something we experience all the time and just so much more importance to it and maybe it was an actual moment of realization or maybe you realize that every time you go to get your hair cut um I think that was very well written and thank you so much for sharing it with us thank you yeah um that piece or made me decide to write it was just it was there was a time of where like I was not feeling the best and um I just like I just looked in the mirror I just like I just needed to get a haircut so I went to my barber Eric best guy ever um <laughs> And he was able to 
but like, actually, it was the first interaction I had with him. First time going to him. And I didn't know the actual, like, how many inches I wanted off. So, like, he kind of, like, got it to, like, almost right to, like, to the stick, not, like, to the stem, stem, but, like, almost there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it was something that, like, I was not prepared to see, just, like, a prepared to see just because before then, I was very bearded up, just very hair was grown out. I was just it's been, like I said, it's been some months um, <laughs> since I got, like, a haircut. Um, but um, it was, like, seeing, like, a, fre a fresh lawn um, being cut. <laughs> and from there, I've, like, see seen it. I was like, okay, this is nice. This is nice. This is cool. This is gonna it's going to come back, like, three three or four months, but like, this is cool right now. Um, <laughs> but after seeing people's reactions, um, they're just like, Ooh, okay, okay, I see you. And it's just like a lot of like compliments. And I was just like, uh, okay, this is just, all right. Um, all right, like, I'm still have, still have these feelings, guys. I still have like, still have the sad, sadness aside. I just look, I look better now. <laughs> I have to say, thank you so much for choosing to share that poem, um, specifically with the podcast, because when I first started this, it was a lot of my own poetry. I didn't have a lot of guests. And the very first poem I shared was called Sweet and Sour Sauce Shampoo. There aren't enough poems about hair and like going through your own shit, um, no. at least to me. So I have to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Like, yeah, I, th just thank you. That's all I got for you. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's definitely, like, nice to have, like, while it's cool, like, to have, like, like, write in, like, the same topics, but, like, it's even better to, like, focus on those like niche topics or I guess nuanced topics I guess yes because like now we're touching upon things where like I you may I may not think you may not I may not think you may not get it but you probably are gonna get it or so yeah exactly <laughs> and just like oh this is or like um or like oh this affects you too um is like seeing the same person at the at the same mall or same store buying the same thing that you need to buy as well too yes yes isn't that such a weird moment but sometimes you're just like oh i guess i am human <laughs> yes like like you don't need to have like 
I was about to say something like very like metaphoric, like, but like it was just like you don't need to feel like you're alone in the fact that you're dealing with certain topics or so. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're at the um people go through the same things. They just have different melody, different melodies of how they go through it. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. So before we wrap up, um, of course I have to ask, where can we support you, follow you, uplift you? What are the best ways to do so? Can you let us know that kind of stuff? Okay. So the main station of where uh-huh. you can uplift me and or follow me wherever I go is calm sky miles on Instagram and that's the main place I'd be at to say the least um if you're ever in the Orlando area I'm always here um but also at the same time I'm always in the the um, online spaces where it'd be Neil's workshops um, I've also been in other workshops such as Jonathan's Emotional Historians, um, Jamon Hill's Poetry University, which is actually coming up really soon. I highly recommend. I saw that. I saw that it was it was coming up at like the beginning of February, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I um highly recommend if you want a change of scenery um there's a there's a person in there who also i got to workshop with um named stephen willis who i wish i got to talk about more of um but his workshop on active voice was really wonderful um being able to um speak about speaking your poems in a voice where where you where you touch upon everything in the moment you give your give the voice of the poem an actual character okay um and that's the act of voices workshop um he does with the io writers workshop um okay but yeah those are the places that I frequent um but again you I'm open to new things I'm you to be honest my friends say that I'm so a fun fact about me is that I don't have a car but I'll find a way to get to a place without like getting a car mm-hmm. whether, it be, whether it be through Lyft or catching a ride or some sort of other way. And like, I'll surprise my friends as well. They just like- Show up somewhere. Eat, 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 like show up somewhere and just like, either other way, Miles will find a way to get get there. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So if you see me, come say hi. That's the that's the best way to say. I like that. I like way. that. Um, so I should have 
maybe given you a little bit of heads up, but I didn't. Um, because you're a new guest here on the podcast, there's a little bit of a tradition and we're going to give you a random question to close us out with. Uh, don't overthink it. It is completely random. It doesn't have to do with your writing or with anything that we discussed here today. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. If you could live as one book character, who would it be? Geronimo Stilton, um, which is a mouse who solves like detectives. I was just about to say that's the detective one, right? Okay. Yes. I I just couldn't place it at first. This mouse solves detective um, crimes and like he just had like a nice suit on. Like he had just like, just like has nice clothes. Like um, I just remember reading a lot of his stories when I was growing up and. I love that. That's excellent. When you asked me me that, I was just like, that's the first thing that popped up in my head. Exactly. That's the best way to answer them. Thank you so very much for your time today, Miles. I'm so glad that you got to join me here on the Learning to Fly podcast. And of course, you're welcome back anytime. And thank you, each and every one of you who decided to tune in to today's episode. I appreciate you. I love you guys. And I'll see you again tomorrow for more who knows what. Alrighty, have a great day, you guys.